Here we go, episode number 48 of the Coffee with Joffrey podcast. On today's show, we're exploring the evolution of the fitness industry and my guests are David Rowe and Chris Dominey, both from Cornwall. And when I first started working in the gym in Newquay, Waterworld specifically, these guys were the instructors there and they took me under their wing and uh, started me off in my health and fitness journey in my career. So I learned a lot from these guys and I thought it would just be great to get them on the show to, you know, so we could talk about old times a little bit and just explore some of the things that we've seen come in and out of the industry and also some of those things that have stayed in the industry as well. So what's quite nice about this is that, you know, we all started in the same kind of position uh, working in a gym and we've all gone off in a slightly different direction. You know, myself was more kind of CrossFit performance based when I moved over to the UAE. Uh, Chris is heavily into, you know, triathlons and endurance training and that type of stuff. And Dave is a lot into, you know, the physique side of fitness and fat loss and uh, who is big on the online space as well. So uh, we spoke about things like the bro split. That was very popular when I first started working in gyms. We talked about heart rate monitors and uh, activity trackers, how popular they are these days, the role of social media. Um, There was a few other things as well. And we just had a really good catch up, nothing too structured in this one, but it was great to catch up with them, get their uh, thoughts on some different things. But that's it today. Have a listen. Uh, enjoy this one. Don't forget to share it, like it, subscribe to the podcast. I do really appreciate it and enjoy the show. Okay, here we go. Uh, David, how are you doing? Good, my friend. Good, my friend yourself. Yeah, very well. Chris, how are you? I'm all right, mate. You, uh, this, you is, over there. Uh, this is the evolution of the fitness industry. You guys were, uh, I would have already referenced this in the introduction, but took me under your wing. Uh, must have been how long ago now? 15 maybe yeah 14 years ago 15 years ago yeah well you've got the whole evolution haven't you you've got chris who i uh who i kind of looked up to and took me upon its wing and then oh he said it (laughs) i feel so old guys you're like the grandfather of fitness chris you're like i'm like the grandfather of you lot i can still see gray hairs on you lot so i'm like done for aren't i i'm just happy i still got my hair there's no hope All right. So I thought I had this idea and just reached out to you guys because I thought, like you said, we're kind of um, obviously we have our respective sports and uh, kind of like niches that we're in in, within the fitness industry. But we all kind of started in the same position. Um, So I thought it'd be good to just have a chat through the evolution of the fitness industry and, you know, literally just a casual conversation. But before we do that, uh, Dave, do you want to go first? Do you want to just give yourself a little introduction? Yes, mate. Yeah. So. My name's Dave. Um, I'm essentially a coach. I have my own company, uh, Body Development. So I'm a coach at Body Development. Um, I've been in the industry uh, probably since I was about 19. Um, various uh, ranges from fitness instructor to class instructor to personal trainer, um, all the way through to what I do now as a uh, online fat loss coach. Um, so yeah, like so talking about today, like obviously like the evolution of it all is uh, quite good, obviously being here with Chris and uh, Joff as well, but um, yeah, like I say, we've seen a lot and seen the, uh, the evolution of it all as well, but yeah, I've been in the game for a while, seen, seen quite a bit, worked with a lot of people, um, and yeah, which brings me here now. Awesome. Chris, tell them. Tell them about me. Hi, well, I'm Chris. Um, I'm also a PT over in, uh, in England, in Cornwall. Um, so I work currently just as a one-to-one coach. 
um, and also uh, online triathlon coach as well. So triathlon is one of my massive passions. Been doing it for many years now, and then um, more recently into into coaching people. Um, started out probably I don't know how old you lot would have been now, but I would have been about it would have been about two thousand when I started <laughs> the year two thousand. Um, there's a song in there somewhere, isn't there? And and I've basically yeah just gone through all the different progressions. So yeah, seen it from seeing fitness really explode over the last twenty years, really into uh, where we find us now, where we're talking on podcasts on uh, on Zoom conferences, um, doing this stuff. So yeah, yeah, you've uh, done you've done yeah. well getting on the call anyway. Let's hope, hope. I've, I've done really well. <laughs> Really, really impressed with myself. Thank you. So I think what's cool and uh, like just to highlight is obviously we're all personal trainers. We've all worked in gyms. We've all worked in the same gym before. We've all kind of gone different directions in terms of uh, Chris. You're a lot more kind of like in terms of what you do for your own sport, but the people you work with a lot more kind of triathlon based, uh, maybe more endurance based, but a lot of general population as well. Dave, general population, and then obviously as ex physique model or you know, the people that you're working with in terms of, you know, fat loss goals and that type of stuff. And then I guess myself went down more of like the CrossFit route and more of that performance side of it. I feel like we, because we all kind of push that same message from the core, but then it kind of gets a little bit diluted the further you go into it. It'll be good to just kind of go back through some things that we've seen kind of come in and out of the fitness industry. And I want, I was thinking of doing it and we'll go through as like a step-by-step from you know, 14 years ago. But I think probably what's best to do is, I know I've asked you guys to write down a few notes and I think just keep it super casual. We'll just kind of come up with things. And uh, if it's a big topic, we'll go into more detail. If it's just a little one, we'll brush over it uh, and kind of go from there. So I think I'll get us started. And um, I know that 14 years ago, Waterworld, I think about how I was training, uh, you know, the training that most people were doing in there. And it was all around the bro split. Classic bro, bro split, mate. Yeah. Dave, do you want to do you want to explain the bro split? So your bro split is your essentially your typical chest, triceps, back biceps, and repeat essentially. <laughs> <laughs> essentially, uh, but like I say, you know, you, you do have the people there that split it up into like kind of their legs, the traditional kind of um, bodybuilding aspects of of. Uh, attacking their training essentially um, but you would go in you would have international chest day um, and they're throwing in the triceps in there then you would have back and biceps then you have legs then you would have a shoulder stay and it's very um, specific to individual muscle parts um, and then even if you did that but you then you would have other people that would just train their I say their, their party muscles essentially on a, on a typical day because it's what they can see. I train my chest, I train my arms before I go out on a weekend. Um, and that's about it. <laughs> I think the mirror uh, muscles. Yeah. yeah. When, it was, when it was around and popularized, I think people like to be able to just like categorize to a training style. And that's just such an easy one. You know, when you first get into the gym and someone explains to you about, Hey, you have a specific day for your chest, you have a specific day for your shoulders. It's great when someone's first getting into it, but then, there's that plateau, right, where people aren't able to get the same, get the right amount of volume that they would need maybe in a traditional session of like a push-pull or something like that. And they end up just going down this journey. And it's, you know, it can be quite a, quite a relatively easy uh, way of training. You know, finish work on a Monday, go in and do chest. Next day, go in and do back. And you just do a few sets on each exercise. How have you kind of seen it adapt over, over compared to now? 
Well, obviously, obviously, like I say, like you said, it, it was the easier kind of uh, split to do because you obviously had like um, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger um, kind of popularity from his bodybuilding days to his like acting career, etc. So you know, people look in that they see in Flex Meg magazine, they see in like Men's Health, even like say that's now evolved into kind of a lot more. Um, variety and diversity in regards to the style of training it's it's, it's gone to gone to do but um yeah like i say it did start off with kind of it's easy you turn up you do these sorts of splits um and it doesn't take a lot of thinking <laughs> you yeah. just kind of go in and do but it. that's not necessarily a bad thing is it in some ways you know like you said it got it gets people if it gets people started and it gets people moving and it gets them away in then um it's not all it's not all bad and i'm sure like we still use it now don't we in certain things you'll I still, still periodize <laughs> yeah you that's still using it now but again it's, it's like it's all sorry John. go on no, yeah, go let's say it's all specific isn't it uh, like what your goals are what you want to achieve on it and like i say uh, are you achieving your goals are you plateauing uh and where do you want to go with it what what do you want to do with it because that's essentially what it comes down to so working out what that goal is and then essentially reverse engineering it back and working out, am I on the right path to achieve that goal? I think what's changed as well is that like, if, you, if you take it back, like say row splits, those classic, um, the classic guys that were coming in that were going for those sort of workouts that were like, say, trying to train those mirror muscles and things like that. That, that kind of has changed slightly as well over, the, over these last sort of like 10 years or so is that I think it's particularly guys, the girls as well, um, are more interested in like athletic performance, isn't it? So it's not all about just how big, how big can you get those muscles and things like that, and how, how do you look. It's also about that athletic performance now because um, sport, CrossFit, you know, Josh knows well, um, has started to sort of take over. Um, and so there's a different element to it now. It's not purely about just physical appearance. There's still an element of that, and I'm sure later on in this cast we can talk about like Instagram and all that sort of stuff. But um, I do believe, yeah, it's not, everyone isn't quite so focused. I know the guys that approach me about training, it's like, I want to get fit for football, I want to get fit for rugby, I want to get fit obviously for triathlon. So I think people have a, a different purpose now. It's not all about just, yeah, those, those mirror muscles, which it was back in the day, probably. Absolutely. I mean, you used to get, uh, especially like, you know, the, the gym bu uh, bunnies, uh, females, et cetera, going in, um, and you know plodding away on the treadmill for hours on end and it it's kind of evolved from being skinny and cardio to being strong athletic and performing uh, better as well as obviously that underlying um, mantra of going everyone wants to look good naked right so <laughs> you know I think that's always going to be there but like you said like Chris it's people have that kind of element of wanting to be stronger wanting to be fitter wanting to be better and have other objectives rather than just to look good in the mirror i think uh, and that's the reason i wanted to start with bro split i mean it seems so broad but it's it's stood the test of time right and like you've already said like we're still using it and even now if if i'm a bit stuck for ideas and i'm not necessarily following the program i'll go in and do you know chest day or arm day or whatever and i think um i think personally i think one of the reasons that it's still around is because you get like an instant gratification or satisfaction from doing a session, right? You get a pump, like for guys. Oh, yeah. And like Arnold Schwarzenegger says in Pumping Iron, like this isn't PG, this podcast, but he says it's better than coming. 
<laughs> but <laughs> he talks about that and you know when you go in and do a session like that you like uh you know you do an arm session or you do a tricep session or some of that and you feel your arms fill out and you're walking out the gym with a little bit of air lat going on or something like that like it feels good right and you know you've done something versus going and doing you know you might go and do a crossfit session or a tough endurance session you don't get that same feeling from coming out you're normally dead walking out of the gym yeah yeah definitely i mean i think you get um it's it's horse of course is what you're training for isn't it it's what like i said go back to what the you know what we talked about you know 10 15 years ago guys going in the gym on a friday night pumping their arms doing some yes. buys and tries before they go down to the club because they can go out and you, yeah you, you feel good you feel better about you feel better about yourself don't you so you know that's another subject like men, the mental health aspect of it but you do you feel you feel good um but it does depend what you're training for. So like with me, with more triathlon stuff, I'll do a hard work on the, on the turbo trainer, on the station, stationary bike. Um, and yeah, when I finish one of the, like an hour on that, I don't look particularly pretty. I wouldn't go and start, you know, they, they, I, do, I do occasionally post out stuff on the Instagram story, but it's not something I'd use as a, as a profile pic. Um, <laughs> no? But, but 10, 15 minutes after that, I feel good in myself because I've achieved what I wanted to achieve from that session. So I still get those good endorphins and that from from working hard, which you would do from your, you know your spin session, your hit session. Although it might not be about like aesthetically looking good at that time when you finished it. Yeah, yeah, and like I say, you you naturally have because obviously you know just more CrossFit. Um, say I say more kind of like appearance based and you know how you feel and your kind of like triathlons and endurance sports. So you're naturally going to gravitate, or people going to gravitate towards you towards those specific things anyway aren't they yeah i think we've i think we've got our point across on that one it was a good start but let's move it on um i'm just going to come up with one more because this is something that we spoke about before and i think this is one that we're going to talk quite a lot about so we'll get out of the way and that is the role of social media in the fitness industry obviously absolutely massive you know i wouldn't be able to i'm doing this podcast because i have the opportunity to be able to share it on social media and stuff like that so you know this isn't uh, something that we're going to tell you all the bad things about social media. We're going to give our critical analysis on it, but maybe just where we think um, some interpretations of social media are actually not that good for us. Chris, do you want to start on that? Well, on the negatives of social media? You can go, Eva. Um, your general okay. consensus. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's, it's massive now, isn't it? It's a multi-million, billion-pound, like, industry um and it grew from nothing you know like when i started in the gyms um didn't didn't even have a mobile phone let alone be able to take you know photos of yourself and video your video your workouts and put it up and stuff and now it's like that sort of saying like did that workout even happen if it wasn't on the you're, you're on the gram. too many opportunities for jokes here chris <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm holding back <laughs> I'm, I'm teeing you up but not letting you uh not letting you shoot um but yeah I, but so personally like i think the the, the growing influence of social media is is both positive and negative isn't it so that it's great that it allows things like you're doing now Josh, with like you know being able to do podcasts and all that sort of stuff and get get it out to that wider that wider community like the benefits and the pros of of being fit and being healthy um and there's you know there's lots of free content out there for people now which is like amazing like workouts of the week getting posted up and um especially with this with really what we've gone through now with the recent lockdown 
um, there's been a, an absolute explosion in um, in home workouts. You don't have to pay for it. You go on YouTube, you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, and you can find all that content for free. Whereas you know, go back a few years and you were shelling out loads of money, weren't you, for your um, Davina McCall DVD and things like that? But you don't you don't need to do any you don't need to do any of that now. Um, but at the same time, that can put pressure. I mean, you know, I've got young kids and that, um, and you do feel like for the younger generation, particularly like growing up, but it's not just them, but that's all they'll know. They'll only know that whole social media way of life and everything's, everything's about how you trade in that environment. And is that, is that a healthy thing? Don't know. Like there's, like I say there's, there's pros and cons depending on, depending on the, yeah. the individual really. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not just that, is it now? Like, you know, you get all these, Apps and uh, let's say people showing themselves at the gym working out, but it's always like say at the best. You mentioned Chris that you wouldn't put a, your profile photo up of you like sweating. Um, but like say this is this is also kind of like the negative side of it, where people will not just put up their photo at their best, but edited <laughs> as well. Um, so you have this kind of um, unrealistic expectation to look a certain way all the time, which you know is can create a lot of problems. Like I say with a lot of people thinking that they can never change, change this, no matter what they do, they can never look like this person they're looking up to um, that are essentially influencing them who are potentially fitness influencers of some kind. Um, and yeah, there, there can be like these unrealistic expectations to uh, look a certain way, um, which yeah can lead down a, a very negative path, can't it? I think you picked up on a good point before we actually started recording, Dave, in terms of like, because you're not so reliant on your immediate local community around you, you know, like before, if you lived in Nuki, you would go down to Waterworld and you would meet me, you and Chris, and we would be there, like, and we would be the trainers. Uh, you would come in and regardless of if you liked our training styles or whatever, like you were there and we would be there watching over that type of stuff. Now with the role of social media, that you could literally be working with someone over in Australia because their message resonates with you so you know the pros of that is great for the trainer because they're able to expand their business like we're all we're all uh, in the fitness industry on the online space as well and then you look at the the person who's looking for it they've got loads of options now and they've got they've got so many options so much free content like chris said already but then is that just giving them um you know because they've got so much options it's actually not causing them to nail down on one thing and actually take action on that one thing absolutely and like you know because you do have all that information out there and a lot of it like when i speak to my clients um and i'm talking to them on the phone about you know their struggles and um what's holding them back from achieving their goals and a lot of it i'd say 89 percent of the time comes down to confusion about what to do and conflicting information um and because like i say the social media element of it has gone massive Everyone has their own point of view. Everyone has their own style, their way of training, their way of coaching. Um, and yeah, like I say, it's, it's, it's fundamentally finding out which, what, what, where do I go? What do I do in order to do it? So they don't end up really doing anything or a bit of this or a bit of that. And then again, struggling to achieve their goals, which is why they end up in the same place. And it's, it's very difficult for the people that you know, know a little bit and with all this information out there. That's a good point though, isn't it? It's like it's having that, like we talked about going right back to the start with the bros, but having a at least now there's a 
there's a definite way into into health and fitness isn't there it's quite accessible you know yeah. you don't have to spend a fortune or have like the latest kit or whatever just to get yourself started but once you're once you're in and things start to like move forward making sure that you then get your focus on what what are your goals what do you really want to achieve once that sort of just general sort of fitness and startups ha- happened which which avenue do you want to go down and then i think that's when people like myself you guys would come into it with your own you know your own particular way of coaching and what you're offering um, yeah. and then the people then make their choice of going down okay i'm going to go down the route of what you know dave's delivering what chris is delivering what Josh's delivering and that um, is a good thing, isn't it? Like it does give you that kind of entry level going, okay, I just want to work out YouTube, Instagram. <laughs> you know, you can mm. you can literally find any workout anywhere. Um, mm. and you know, if, if your aim is just to not say look better, just just work out just for a little bit of healthy uh, to be healthier, then you can find something anywhere. Um, and like I say, that that next level on when it's not enough anymore, you want to step up to that next level. That's when you have um those coaches that are, are specific in in those areas that you want to go down yeah almost like a like a gateway into it and i think what's what's um really important to note is that like there is you know great trainers out there who have you know hundreds and hundreds or thousands and thousands of followers who are delivering a great message uh, but what pe- what are people really looking for when they're scrolling through and what's stopping them from going from point a to point b in terms of reaching their goal it's not necessarily just the knowledge or, um, you know, the free content or that type of stuff. A lot of it comes down to like the relationship and the accountability, right? How big is accountability? So I almost feel like, you know, like James Smith, people like that are amazing. And the message that they promote is great. And I'm fully on board with it. And I think he's, he's good. But then you see people signing up just because of the premise that he is at the front line of the industry. Are you necessarily going to get what you need from him? Are you going to get that uh, convert, that awkward conversation when you're starting to slip on your diet a little bit, you know, when your training is not going? And I'm not saying everybody has to go and get a coach and pay through the roof for it, but if you almost look a little bit closer to home sometimes and not get kind of pulled out by the people with the best marketing, the people with the best, uh, most budget for marketing, uh, the best adverts, the best abs, that type of stuff, you'll probably find there's people very close to you who are going to offer you double the service for a lot less of the price if you know what i mean yeah 100% i mean i like to my i keep my client base sort of fairly small and it's just for that reason Geoff. exactly that like you you take you t- name some examples there of some bigger people in the industry well they might have like you know 100,000 people following their sort of their training system and their training plan but they're not those 100,000 people aren't getting phone calls from james every week on like how just checking in how are you doing you know that sort of stuff there may be the odd sort of Facebook group and things like that that are set up and like that sort of community thing, which is this is brilliant. But um, you know, with the guys that I work with, they'll get phone calls and messages direct from me all the way all the way along the journey. You know, every, you know, most weeks they'll have contact with me in some form or another. And obviously, you know, doing it even by these sort of FaceTime and Zoom conferences now, which is sort of like massive. But it's really helped. You get that face to face contact with a client and they can relay any like difficulties and fears what's gone right what's gone wrong that week and then the training can be adapted instantly to what they what they need and where they're going which again if you go down the, the mainstream you, you are going to lose that you can't you can't possibly have it as as nailed on and, and as specific it is going to be a more general sort of training 
like program that you're gonna that you're gonna be following, isn't it? Has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't you can't deal with that. I mean, like I say I'm I'm very same. I, I like to have a set number of clientele to because I thought like it would be very hands on. And I think in order, my, I mean, my goal as a coach is to educate my clients, and I feel like I'm successful when they don't need me anymore. So I've given them the skills, um, the habits, the structure, um, and everything that they need to take it on for themselves and succeed on their own, and not just get a quick fix result going, oh, I've lost a stone, two stone in 12 weeks, and then just lose it, uh, put it all back on again. I want to be able to get you to that point, tell you how you've done that, teach you along the way, and actually you know, be able to sustain those results in your lifestyle and fitting something that is sustainable, fitting a plan and a program into your lifestyle rather than changing your life to fit a plan. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement of that one. And again, just it's not as if we can do anything about it. Like we, we all do it as well. We use social media to benefit us as well. But I think we, you know, we've weighed up some good pros and cons there of what people should probably be considering as they go through. Uh, quick one before we go on to another topic. I just remember fat burners being like a massive thing, you know, 10, 15 years ago, just in gyms in general, like people just popping fat burners for fun. And uh, it would just be interesting to get everybody's thoughts on them now, because I think we're all in agreement that they're, they're relevant at a point. Uh, you know, I'm sure if someone, you know, Dave, like uh, in uh, like the physique model scene, I'm sure plenty of people are using things like fat burners. It was just like, I remember it was just like your average Joe's going to the gym just popping uh, fat burners and then going and having McDonald's after and do you know what I mean? And doing a, yeah. doing a bro yeah. sesh. And I think, I think that's, uh, I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's like people and the modern thought process is I want results yesterday <laughs> um, and don't want to do anything to, to get that result uh, or work hard. So they're looking for that, that answer, that quick fix, that, you know, that, that shake, that special supplement and the magic, which is going to, give them the body that they want and lose the body fat they want but in like I say in reality it is just find something sustainable and being in a calorie deficit and you know working out and being consistent at those things and it, and it just takes time doesn't it I think yeah. again like you said you go back to those things and those fat burners and those magic pills and again it's how they're marketed isn't it it's like you know yeah. a lot of this stuff the person that's you know that's on the screen or on your Instagram feed or on your Facebook feed with that little box of pills going, these really yeah. work, you know, and they look absolutely amazing, don't they? I mean, they look fantastic, but it isn't just because they've just, they've just taken that pill. They may well be using those fat burners. They may well be taking those, those uh, vitamin pills or whatever each day. But along with that, they're training bloody hard in the gym. They're also, like you say, following a, a healthy, good nutrition program. Cause you don't look like you don't. Um, and it, but, the perception for those that aren't in the industry that don't really know, they'll just see that person with that physique and then they see that and they go, oh, if I spend like 30 quid on, on those and have one of them every single day, I'll look like that. And like you say, they don't put the other elements into it of the good, the good diet and nutrition and the, the, the exercise. Yeah, and it's um, like the assumption of it, isn't it? Like someone who's in amazing shape holding up something and going, I take this, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's that assumption going, Oh my God, if I do that, I'll look like them as well. Um, but it is, you know, you, you get people like drinking endless amounts of like green tea and taking, um, these, these thermo pures or fat burners of any kind to kind of get that like added uh, edge. And like I say, you know, especially when 
I was competing and doing physique modeling and fitness modeling stuff, you know, you would have, you would hear conversations about it. People going, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing this? I'd say that's, I'm taking this, I'm taking that, I'm stacking this with this. And it's just like, I'm blowing. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that, that industry must just be like, Mate, it's right. absolutely it's like, nuts. It's, it's crazy. And it's like, because because that is essentially, I mean, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it was like affecting my like say my mental state and the way I saw my body because you know it almost sent me down a route of uh, I say an eating disorder and you know just putting like the be all and end all on how I look um, and I just didn't like the way it was going. And I was like enough's enough for me. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 not a healthy route to to kind of go down. And it probably took me the best part of two years to kind of reset my mental state in regards to what I actually really wanted to achieve and what actually really made me happy um but like I say the the whole driving point of going back to that original point is looking better I need to do this and this and this like and and step it up the next level the next level the next level to to look better um and it's just it's just a, it's a bad path to go down it, it just comes down to clever marketing again there as well and like even I guess fat burners the modern day version of that is like skinny jabs which is like I'm sure you both saw like uproar on social media not long ago with yeah. uh, Gemma Collins pushing that and like if you actually go in and do a bit of research on stuff like that like, obviously, you know, Gemma Collins and Kerry Katona aren't pushing this part of it. But if you go into the website, it's like combined with a healthy, you know, lifestyle, you know, exercise. Yeah, yeah they do. It's in, small print, isn't it? It's that little caveat at the bottom of all these things. And what, yeah. what the, the general public have to realise is it's just all of this stuff. It's just multi-billion pound industries. So the, the guys that are making these products, they're not doing it for, for your... For your health and benefit they're doing it to make financial shed loads of cash yeah they're doing it for financial gain yeah um and again you know not all but a lot of these celebrities and even you know sport athletic stars that are, are that are endorsing and marketing again they're doing this because they're getting paid to tell you that they use this product every day you know they're getting paid to tell you that's what that is the ultimate reason why they're doing it um and so I thought you were going to pop up your mug then, like a Chris Donald <laughs> mug. <laughs> it doesn't say that. That would have been perfect. It says coffee. What that placement? Day more beautiful. Yeah. That's all it says. <laughs> right, let's move on. I'm going to open up the floor for someone to come up with something. What, yeah, what, well, like, you know, another change. Yeah. So I good. think a matter. I mentioned it earlier before we got started, didn't I? And I think it, it kind of ties into what we've been talking about, but. Obviously, the, the, the massive boom um, in sort of like, like wearable technology. Yes. So that's like massive from, yeah, go back to like when I started in the gyms and we've already mentioned how long ago that was and how there wasn't even mobile phones back then. Um, but there was definitely wasn't things that you wear on your wrists. Yeah. that told you like how far you ran, what your heart rate was doing, how much sleep you had that night and all that sort of stuff. Um, and that's everywhere now. You know, every, everyone seems to have a Garmin, uh, an Apple Watch, um, you know, similar, similar products. Um, and that in itself has, I think, taken like particularly what, you know, what I'm starting to do with the triathlon coaching, what Dave's, what Dave's done with his coaching online. Um, that's made a massive inroad to that. And obviously what you do, Joff, with your, your Movement Wins project, um, without that wearable tech, you know, you wouldn't be able to do half the things that you do because if you if you like you mentioned earlier if you're training somebody 
in Australia and you're based in Cornwall, well, you, you, how, how do you analyze? How do you gather data on what that person's doing? You know, they can say I went for a run today or they can say I went to the gym, did a hit workout or whatever. Um, but you, that doesn't really mean a lot until you start analyzing, okay, so what, you know, what heart rate zones are they in? How many calories did they burn? And all that sort of stuff. So I think the wearable tech industry has really helped to transform like from where we were to where we are, where we are now. Something that, that really helped with me and got me into that technology side of it. I actually remember wearing a polar heart rate monitor when I was teaching spinning back at Waterworld, but obviously not using the data from it. Um, but when I started really getting back into it again, like five or six years ago was when, uh, you know, I'd be working as a PT and I would have, and you know, doing personal training is expensive, right? It's, you know, it's, um, it's an investment for someone. So they come in and they might be someone who is wants to do PT, but they do have a bit of a budget. And, you know, you might uh, diagnose them, use diagnose, but you might say, hey, what you need to be doing is training four days a week. You know, we need to be doing a couple of strength sessions to make sure that we're doing this. We need some cardio sessions, some high intensity, whatever, uh, you know, four sessions. And they might turn around and say, I can't do four sessions with you. Like I can only afford two. So then like I would always go through this process of saying, okay, well, that's fine do the two strength sessions with me because that's what you need me there for. My skills, make sure you're doing it safely. Listen, you can do your cardio session by yourself on the treadmill or at home. You don't need me for that in your high intensity. And then, you know, you set that program up for them. 12 weeks later, you come back and you're asking them, hey, have you been, yeah, I've been doing my training. And you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if they are. And after 12 weeks, you've promised them that they're going to lose X amount of weight or get to this physique. And then you're kind of stood there as you weigh them and check their body fat and they go, oh, I haven't lost anything. And you're going, you start questioning yourself then. You start going, well, were you doing the extra sessions that I told you? They're going, yeah, yeah. And you're going, oh. And then in the beginning, you start doubting yourself as a trainer. You start going, oh man, like I must be doing something wrong. And then you realize that maybe they're not doing the sessions, which is probably more accurate. And then I just like the heart rate monitors simply for just proof. Like I wasn't using it for anything anything other than can I see your heart rate go up and down on this date that you said you did it cool that's perfect for me it's that it's that accountability again isn't it it's like with 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 that data now it just gives you as the coach the accountability 24 7 so you don't like you just said you have to be you can see your client once a week with the guys I train um online triathlon I don't see them at all you know they just get a plan delivered weekly bi-weekly monthly whatever it needs to be for that person they go, they crack on. They usually, you know, oh, you're not going to lie. Those guys are normally very motivated people anyway. You know, they're doing the sport they do because they almost want a, a performance um, result at the end of it. They're performance orientated. So it's not a question with those guys where you have to kind of nudge them to do the training. They're, they're quite, you know, they're going to go out and do that training, whatever. They just want to make sure that the training they're doing is correct for them and in the right order and it's going to get maximized their time. Um, but all of their training gets tracked by me just by what they do. So they will have power meters on their bikes now. They have like, yeah, like you said, the heart rate monitors, the GPS where we're tracking how fast they're running. We'll work out all those zones. But all that information is directly feedback to me and I can just analyze it daily, weekly, whatever it needs to be and instantly give them feedback on, right, you, did, you went too hard there. You went too slow there. Um, actually, look, you could do it you know, by tracking sleep and stuff now. We can say, well, actually, do you know what? You could do an extra rest day. You know, we need to put in a, we need to put an extra days recovery in here for you. Um, that stuff was just, you know, the stuff of 
the the pro sports teams way back when wasn't it you know and now it's just for us mere mortals we can we can still have access to all of that stuff which was you know the stuff of pipe dreams uh say 20 years ago yeah absolutely i say i think it's comes down to essentially with any successful result or coaching it comes down like to tracking and accountability doesn't it and that's and that and that's what it gives you yeah and i think um like the nutrition part of it as well which i know dave you do a lot of that like that you know my fitness power and things like that are great and they're amazing uh but there's still kind of like that scarcity mindset of people not wanting to do it and heart rate monitors is literally you wear a heart rate monitor and like you do the workout or whatever whereas tracking it's like you know there is an element or barrier to logging the right foods weighing things out this out or the other which as as fitness coaches and talking to people like that we say get over it but i'm sure on the horizon there's going to be you know, there's, there's good apps coming out now where you scan foods and things like that, but there'll be, you know, I'm sure there'll be like a little chip that you put in the corner of your mouth that can, when you eat something, it measures, do you know what I mean? It'll just flash up on your smartphone. If that's, yeah. if that's not getting invented already, then I need to do something about it. But like what gets tracked gets managed. Yeah. So we, we know that. So if, if, if you're keeping, if you're tracking whatever it is, nutrition, or like how you know your runs, your bike ride, your swims, your strength training, whatever it is. If you keep a note of it, I mean, if you think back to the day, like you know, going we go back to when we were just talking about right in the early days. You know, I always used to whenever I used to do my training, you get that little notebook when you go down Smiths, get yourself a little notepad and pen, and you, you you'd, you'd be drawing it in. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, chalk, yeah. chalk and easel. <laughs> go too far with this boys you know that mean. <laughs> yeah. all right yeah i think we're all in agreement with that with the heart rate monitors dave have you got anything that sticks out that you can think of not really mate i think like i say a lot of it we've kind of uh covered um in regards to like say how things have kind of evolved obviously there's always uh technology etc coming out and evolving and um bring things in some for the better some for the worse some that just come and get brought out for the sake of being brought out <laughs> um but you know it at the end of the day it's what works for you essentially so you know what what's going to get you to work out what's going to make you healthier what is going to keep you on plan keep you tracking keep you heading towards your goal and what you want to achieve um and like how can you manage that and change it into like a, a, a lifestyle rather than just a quick fix or a fad which is what you see a lot of the time i think another i i would say one other big change in the industry um has been like sort of group group training now is yeah. is big isn't it it's big business and that whole sort of community feel and i think that's where like again with with what you do joff with like the the, the crossfit thing I think that's been one of its major selling points and the reason that it, it grew so quickly like as it did is because of that it's because of that community feel that um like i said i've never done crossfit i'm not anti it um but one thing i've always kind of like with what i do is my sport it's quite an individual sport so we go out and do our training you know majority of the time you do it solo you know particularly if you trade in for the distances that i do um but 
looking in from looking in from afar onto the sort of CrossFit community, that's one thing where you're lit, you know, I've always been a bit envious of it. And you go, oh, you know, that's quite good. They just all work out together all the time. And they have that, you know, they go down the pub for drinks together. They have a pizza at the box at yeah, the, at the end of the it. session right, <laughs> together. And, um, you know, and I think that's part, part of it, though, is the, the fact that everyone's training together. Um, and it's that group vibe. And that, again, that, that well, brings with it. Yeah, it brings with it its own um, accountability as well, doesn't it? Because you, you, you're training with your mates, you, you, have your, you have your sessions up there to try and beat your times to beat. So there's that element of competition, which everyone likes, keeps people pushing, um, whether it's to beat, beat your buddy or just to beat your own time from last week or whatever. Um, and I think the group training side of things is, is massive compared to probably, again, where it was 10 20 years ago there's always been fitness classes don't get me wrong you know like step classes all that sort of stuff's always existed but yeah. i think the um the, the more of the community feel of that is like is really evolved i think uh, uh, dave you do this don't you dave you do this with your online training though because you have like your face but but you do you, know, you have groups set up within what you I do with do your coaching that. no i, I it's all kind of one-to-one coaching so oh, i don't okay. do um any kind of online specific uh, like workout classes where um, I mean I, I have done it in my private group on Facebook um, where yeah. I have done like those sorts of things but it's it's nowhere near a, like a regular part of what I do um, I do it to kind of like say like uplift motivate and like give some people to kind of do but like I say it is a massive thing and it does uh, that um, accountability and that all together um, vibe because obviously like I say going back in the day when you know we've all taught classes you know Chris you're doing TRX circuits etc Joff you know same um, and people a lot of the time turn up because of the field the family field that the, because everyone's there their mates are there you know and that's the accountability that's what turns up you know whether they're there to like massively push themselves to like their next level or you know it just holds them accountable to get in to do a workout you know you have that accountability factor because everyone's there yeah you, you've nailed that there and like it's a, a big part of it is going like class environments are great for the community that you've already nailed already but just a simple fact that when you go to a class and you sign in and you say hi coach i'm here for the class you are not walking out of that class until you're done whereas if you spent the whole day at work motivating yourself to get to the gym and you finally get there and you have to go down by yourself and do a workout you'll probably do 50 percent of your workout and just get out of there Whereas if you're in a class, you're cemented in the class end. Yeah. And just going back to what you said about CrossFit, Chris, and like why it's, you know, not necessarily because CrossFit is a brand, right? But that kind of style, that high intensity functional training is, is here to stay in that environment is because, you know, people weren't, uh, if you wanted to do strength training and learn Olympic lifting, deadlifting, squatting, you know, back in the day, you would, you couldn't go to a fitness class. Like, you know, Dave had the circuits class, Shirley had loads of great classes, spinning classes, stuff like that, which is absolutely amazing for high intensity for, you know, just getting people moving that type of stuff. But you're not going down to those classes to learn the technique for deadlifting or to do a snatch or, or something like that. So then what's your next option? Yeah. You might be able to collar one of the, the gym instructors on the floor, but they're probably going to be busy. So the next uh, obvious thing would be to pay for a session, which people wouldn't want to do. So then what happened was it made it accessible for people by putting it into a group setting, it became accessible for people to learn strength and conditioning. And then that's where like the growth that came, because guess what? When people started doing squats, heavy squats and heavy deadlifts, 
guess what? Their body shape started improving. And you got, going back to the bro split, you got people who never trained their legs to go into people that train their legs, started to get abs, started to get more defined. They got better results from it. And that's where it kind of grew from, right? Yeah, but they, and they got that because their focus, the focus shifted from, they didn't go there to get, to necessarily get that, that look. They didn't go there to go, I'm going to join the CrossFit gym or whatever gym to, um, to, get, the, to get these mirror muscles. They went there just to get fit and healthy and then hey ho, by doing the proper training with the proper techniques, suddenly they're getting the results that they, uh, you know, they didn't even, didn't even know they wanted and they're like feeling better about themselves along the way. So it's great. Flipping back to what you just said though, you just reminded me of Shirley in her classes. She was probably a pioneer of that community <laughs> feel because actually her classes were ones that definitely did have that whole uh, community vibe with their the girls going out for, for drinks and stuff afterwards and all that sort of stuff. So, 100%. And I'll, I'll definitely share this one with her as well. I'm sure she'll appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, definitely a pioneer, Shirley. Well done. <laughs> the originator. Yeah. Um, I did, but I think you're right. Like she, she literally just used to have like a cult of ladies that would come to her and she could, she almost had the power to be able to introduce different classes and, you know, people would go down, they trusted Shirley, they trained with her for years. And, you know, she did really adopt that style of training. And I think that's what it comes down to a lot of our industry, doesn't it? It comes down to that, whether it's in a group environment or a one-to-one environment, it comes down to that coach client relationship and, um, us as coaches, you know, we rise or fall based on that, basically. So, you know, people have good experiences, they come back, they tell others, you build up your client base. And, and that's kind of how it works. And, and it's the same with whatever aspect that is, whether it's working with someone one-to-one or working with someone, um, you know, in a, in a group, in a class. Um, if you can create that, um, that sense of belonging and um, that empathy for the people that you're working with, they'll come back to you and they'll stay and they'll stay, you know, they'll stay loyal to you, won't they? Absolutely. I think, uh, and you know, we've gone off on some different tangents here and we're going to wrap it up. But like I mentioned before, and we were kind of all in agreement with it. Like if you have, if you, you have, um, someone that you buy into a little bit more, their message, you like the message they give off, they're your style of training, that type of stuff that you can definitely niche down. But everything comes back to those core values of what we all promote in terms of the stuff that isn't necessarily sexy, but the most important things, you know, like sleep, uh, you know, balance, nutrition, hydration, all those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. It's just moving, isn't it? It's simple. Like you said, if you keep keep it simple... um, there's lots of these fads that we've discussed today like, that have come and gone, but basically they're all, they're all around. They all center around like those, those key elements that you've just said. Yeah. Keep moving, try and have a, a healthy, a healthy diet, healthy nutrition as, as best you can. Um, and be consistent and just be prepared. It's going to take some time. Don't be, don't be looking for that quick fix. You know, if you, if you want it, if you want it, to solve all your problems in one week, you just got to realize it isn't, it isn't going to happen. Yeah. That is, and that is it, isn't it? Being, being realistic with what you want to achieve in a, in a, a realistic time frame, and keeping it simple is massively key. And usually if you master the basics, you're going to get a result and you, cause like, so you'd be consistent at those things. Yeah. I think we've, I think we've come up with some good points there. I think we'll wrap it up. Um, unless there's anything else that you've got. I think we've got it, mate. I think we've done it. Yeah, just a nice little trip down memory lane. Just talk oh, about it. It's lovely. 
I'm sure if we wanted to, we oh, could... We didn't even mention some... Charlie. <laughs> yeah, let's mention Charlie. Oh, no, we didn't mention Charlie. So Charlie is... Uh, Charlie was at Waterworld, which is the legislature we were at. Uh, he was the caretaker kind of manager. Um, and he was just an absolute animal <laughs> in terms of, like, he was king of deadlifting. and uh, Strongest um, back ever, I think, in the world. <laughs> And uh, he would, he would, his day would just be planned around, you know, getting stronger for the deadlift. So he, you know, he'd do some jobs. He'd do a set of pull-ups. He'd do some jobs, and he'd do some hand grips. And uh, I can't even remember the numbers that he used to pull, but unbelievable. Yeah, he was the ultimate cleaner, wasn't he? I always remember he'd come into the gym in the morning. He'd open up about six thirty-seven. He'd already be downstairs doing his uh, doing his chin-ups or his pull-ups, getting himself sorted, and then he'd have his his grip grip hand strength workout going on hidden in his little locker and it would be sort of like half an hour of half an hour of hoovering and then 10 minutes of supersets then the best the best macro split lunch ever <laughs> yeah tuna and beans with a jack and potato <laughs> every day he's a pioneer consistency <laughs> but that's yeah but it was wasn't it i mean he, he, got, he got he got great he was. records you know for his age group for the deadlift like yeah exactly i think i remember like i said him showing me a photo on his wall like say pulling i think it was like 340 something like that 340 kilos unbelievable and, and how old is he now yeah. 103 <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's crazy yeah he put he put us all to shame on our strength he would do yeah hey, shake his hand you know about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay let's wrap it up uh where can we find you guys dave okay so you can find me uh on uh instagram um at body.development.coach um or on uh linkedin at david row and facebook as well at david row okay cool um yeah on me i'm on instagram as at coach chris dom uh facebook is at cd performance coach and I've got a website, chrisdominey.com. Yeah, go and check these guys out. I'll, uh, I'll link you up in the show notes as well so people can find you. Um, and I'm sure they'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. But this show will actually go out tomorrow. So quick turnaround. Nice, like it. Something to listen to on the long run, Josh. Something to listen to on the long run, mate. <laughs> and it's a long, long run. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. See you later, mate.